morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my new friend, Deborah Spillman. Hi, Deborah. Good morning. Good, Good morning. Good morning. So I love, I love this woman's energy. She just is so much fun and so optimistic and looking for the good and is a cheerleader for all of the people that are seriously, it's so wonderful what you do. Um, Deborah, you are a um, storyteller. You're an author, a coach. Um, you do, you actually, you've been a storyteller for 30 years. So um, I would love for you to start there, if you wouldn't mind, start telling us about that journey as a storyteller, because you guys, um, the most important thing about presentations like this um, and when you're trying to connect with your audience in marketing or sales or or just in general is connecting to people through your story. So Deborah is an expert at that. And so I want to learn um, from you today if I can. <laughs> My pleasure. So of course, I'm going to have to start by telling you a story. <laughs> <laughs> So when I was 18, I was working as an assistant in a preschool and I, all my life, I knew I wanted to be, I called it a nursery school teacher when I was, that's what it was called back then. And I was um, assisting in a preschool and it's always an active recess teacher. So we were out playing tag and um I was chasing the kids and they were going, nah, 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 you can't get me. I really hate that. So I said, say, iggledy, biggledy, boo, and I'll chase you. So they're going, wiggly, fliggly, whatever. And, and finally, I was tired. And in self-defense, I said, sit down. I'll tell you a story. And out of my mouth comes, once there was an iggledy, biggledy, boo that lived in Zambadoodle. And I just started telling this fantastical story that, turned into a story that I told for years to thousands of children where it's a magical world where the kids, the children go through a cave and the grass is purple, the sky is yellow, the sun is blue. It's a whole adventure story in a whole world. But that day that I told those children that story, I hadn't planned to do that. And they, next the next day, they all said, can you tell us that story again? Okay, so I just made stuff up and I kept making stuff up and it often is true that your natural gift will show up and shine itself through you if you let it and i was in a way one of the lucky ones i didn't have to shut down my natural gift i got to grow it and i did that i grew that all through university and i became a storyteller in the schools and i had the amazing opportunity now i call it to integrate schools because listen to me long and you'll hear my soapbox position on just the devastation that schools have created by keeping us from our imaginations and shutting that down so when i went in i would tell a story to a classroom a whole auditorium and you could just watch magical hush across the room and I led them into these magical stories that it turns out even before I knew what I was doing consciously, I embedded all of these powerful spiritual messages into the stories so that the children had at least a moment of feeling 
that possible beyond the test that the school teacher was giving them. And so as I did this, I realized, oh, I'm a storyteller. I studied theater and I continued performing. And as I became more, my whole spiritual journey, I should say, also was going along at the same time. So I grew up in a Jewish family and I went to school. My parents are Holocaust survivors. Thank God not from camps, but my mother grew up in Germany in the 30s before Hitler. And, you know, I remember growing up saying, America, Germany sounds just like America, Germany before the Holocaust. And my mother's family, they were wealthy, assimilated Germans, and nevertheless, they still had to flee for their lives. So I grew up with those stories, and I went to Hebrew school. And for whatever reason, as a kid, I knew what God was in my heart. Like I felt this sense of God's presence. And it wasn't what they were teaching me in Hebrew school, you know, where they were saying you're going to be written into the book of life or the book of death. And so like, oh, you mean you're trying to tell me God's a man, this guy with a beard and a book. And I was like, no, no. So when I went to college, I did what I call the Jewish disappearing act without even knowing I was doing it. And I later, after living in Israel, I made a whole one-woman show called Is God a Man in the Sky? And I had a moment when I was in university and I was doing a class called co-counseling where we would learn to counsel each other. And they worked on all different isms, you know, sexism and racism. And this was the week of anti-Semitism. And I knew I was Jewish, I didn't do anything. I didn't go anywhere Jewish, I didn't do anything. I, but I wasn't hiding it. So the teacher said, would you be willing to work with in the class? And I said, sure, okay, I, I can do that. And she said, would you stand up and say proudly, I'm a Jew? If you had asked me until that moment, if I had experienced anti-Semitism directly, I would have said no. But when she asked me to stand up and say, I'm a Jew, I couldn't do it. I literally felt like she was asking me to call myself a swear word. and it opened up an awareness in me that eventually led me to visiting my relatives in Israel and to having this very deep spiritual experience there. And then I began to re-inhabit the spiritual wisdom of my own history, my own path, and I began telling those stories as well. So this led me out of just telling stories in the public schools uh, to general community to telling stories in the Jewish community. And my last Jewish storytelling job in the Jewish day school in Portland, Oregon, was wonderful for a while. And maybe this has happened to some of you as well. But I started out as a storyteller of the school, then a teacher in the school. And then they just wanted me to teach Hebrew. They didn't think storytelling was important anymore. It was in good administration. And I could feel could feel this sense that I wasn't being seen anymore, that my work was not received and desired on the highest level I could offer. And I knew I needed to leave and I just couldn't quite do it. So somehow I managed to get fired. I, I didn't like it, but I knew it was the hand of God. And in fact, it was such a ridiculous reason that they kept, literally they kept me on until the end of the school year. I was very beloved in the school. And then they had me still teach all my summer programs. And then I got unemployment from it because it was so ridiculous what they fired me for that and uh, I got an employment where I could build my own business and then I helped 
a friend win a multi-million dollar contract using my in-story way guided process. It didn't have that name yet, but it's a whole process for how to use image and metaphor in your communications and in your sales. And it worked so well. He made me my first website called Spillman Story Selling. And that was great for a little while, but it didn't honor the spiritual teacher in me. It honored storytelling because, of course, storytelling, like you said right in the beginning, Kathy, is a very powerful form of communication. You can use it really powerfully in your sales, in your marketing, and communication. But I wanted to take it deeper. I found my saying, people, if you don't want to go deep, don't call me. I only do deep and a little wacky. <laughs> and so that just sort of launched me into the world of deep purpose work with women. And that's where I have learned it into this deep commitment to helping women, especially women over 50, all right, and some in their 40s, to find their voice, their story, their wisdom, and to bring it out in the world. I really believe that we have something to say and that this is really leading me up to the present moment where I'm hosting this whole series where I'm in a, Kathy's interviewing me and now I'm going to interview you. <laughs> It's led me right up to this moment. So now you're back. I'll pause so you can ask any questions that you ask about that little summation of my journey. Well, um, when you and I spoke before, it was pretty obvious that people are afraid to tell their story. And why do you think that is? Why is it that it's not appropriate? Or do you think it's as women more than men that we've, We've been taught that that's selfish or, you know, we're supposed to nurture everyone else, but what about um, <laughs> ourselves? Um, do you think there's something about the gender gap on the storytelling? Because you see men tell jokes all the time. They're actually, in my experience, a lot of men tell great, they're great joke tellers compared to me. Um, but is, is it that we just have been brought up that, be seen and not heard, or um, our story isn't as important as other, as other people's story? All right, so I'm gonna answer not, I don't know exactly which parts are just for women, but I know it's true for women and some of it might be true for men. So let me answer you first, let me um, answer your um, question with a question, okay? Okay. If I ask you, have you ever moved by someone's street? You're going to say absolutely. Yes. Right? You're going to say yes. When I ask any group that I work with, have you ever been moved by someone's story? Without exception, everyone says yes. And then when I ask, will people be moved by your story? They go quiet. Oh. They, often, they, don't, they don't necessarily say no. But they can't say yes. Mm. Think about it. If you've never really publicly moved someone with your story, what happens is you don't know if your story will move somebody. And I think it comes from a number of things. One, it comes from the just the epidemic of unworthiness that we all sit in, like, who am I to tell my story? And, I, you know, it's not as good as anyone else's. Um, and, and I think the other place it comes from is the mistaken association to all of us who 
had some family member who's told us the same story over and over and over, and we don't want to hear it. And so what here, so here's how I can help you. Because you, and you watching this, have had that, that feeling about, I don't know if what I have to say matters, if it's significant, if it will move someone else. Um, if you're really honest, you've probably already moved people with your story. You just haven't thought about doing it in a bigger way. But here's something that came to me a couple of years ago when I was teaching um, a, 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 a course I called the Wisdom Series. And it dawned on me that if you look at your wisdom in this way that I'm going to tell you, you will have a much better sense of your intrinsic value because we have three kinds of wisdom and it's very helpful to think of it like this you have your lived wisdom right all the things you've lived through all your experiences and a lot of people will think well that's that's all that's my whole story but it's not so you have your lived wisdom what have, how have you gotten back up what are the turning points in your life those stories are very powerful when you combine those with your learned wisdom what have you studied what do you know a lot about? What do you? Where are your smarts? Don't throw those away. And then put it all together and makes what you have to say truly unique is your intuitive wisdom. That ability to trust what comes to you in flow is extremely powerful. And I'll give you one. Well, before we one more step, I want to say something about those three. If you integrate and you combine your lived wisdom, your learned wisdom, and your let in or your intuitive wisdom. What you will experience is, oh, oh, right, I have something to say, and, it, and it's significant. I have lived a rich, complicated life filled with learnings and studies and experiences and resilience and wisdom, and if I share this, I could help the next person to get back up more quickly and easily. One more tip that really helps, especially around intuitive wisdom, Here's something that, if you remember this, it will help you so much to share powerful content with others. This is it. If something moves you, it will move your tribe. Think about it. You know how when you get like a download in writing or music or art and you love it, if you're honest with yourself, if something comes to you in that flow state, you love it. But then you go through, oh, but will anyone else love it? And then you're reluctant to share it. And the reason is because we grew up trying to share this imaginative, spiritual, creative, expanded consciousness with the wrong people. <laughs> the people we happen to be around. And they didn't get it. So as soon as you get these expanded downloads, often what happens is in your head are still those old voices. But we can find our tribe now. Because in this world of online, you're choosing to listen to me. If you don't find me interesting, you're just going to go listen to somebody else. And that's true when you share your wisdom, your insights, and your intuitive knowledge with others. So this is what I think really helps. We don't trust our stories because if you're going to tell a vulnerable, authentic story, you probably have a memory of someone telling you to just shut up, stop it, get with the program, do what you're told. That's stupid. That's You probably have some version of that. And 
you just got to clear that out, get in a safe group that can support you, and get new feedback. So you rewire the response inside you to see that if you're in front of your tribe, you will move them and they will be transformed by your story. Oh, beautiful. So I really think um, that that the opportunity to share your story is what um, will help us create a better world. Because if you look at the indigenous um, storytelling around the fire, you know, the, the original people that were on our planet that before the colonization, um, before, when they had their own stories that um, were teaching stories. And that was before writing, or even if there was writing, only a handful of people could write. There was art that told a story. And uh, one of my degrees is in art history, Italian <laughs> art history. So, um, I mean, you know, you can imagine, um, I lived in Italy, and you can imagine these peasants coming in from the um, countryside and seeing these gold things in this church and this and that. And of course that would be inspiring, uh, awe-inspiring. And, um, but, but story is how we get back to being human, I think. Um, would you agree with that? 100%, think about it. Story to humans is like water to fish. Like we, our story creatures that's all we without our stories we we don't know who we are we don't know who the other person is we love stories as humans and you know we're going to talk about the series i've coming up called soul hunger and i was thinking stories nourish the soul but some are health food stories and some are fast food not so good for you stories like we also love disgusting gossip Right. So we also love stories that are not good for us. But as humans, we live on stories and you can choose what, what level, just like with physical food, you can choose what stories you choose to consume and what stories you choose to share because we can break things with our stories and we can rebuild them with our stories. And they're extraordinarily powerful. And and there are lots of ways to reconnect your stories and to reconnect to whatever your tradition is. Like I said, I, as I reconnected to my Judaism. All of a sudden, I had all these great stories from my people. And, and, and then the, the intuitive stories that come to me that, that when I lead people through my guided process to get images and metaphors and to get stories that just come to you like, how do you get out of that try harder mind place? That's where the magic of story happens, is when we allow it to be in this much more expanded realm. And, and the people who are like you and like I really committed to bringing this light into the world, to bringing God's light, this elevated spiritual light into the world, our stories embed that. Like it's right. embedded in our stories. And really the language of the soul is image, metaphor, and story. And well, when you can access that, what you're, like you talked about communication, like your communication goes into like, into a whole other realm and how it's received and what it does, how it's remembered. So it, 
there are many levels. Like for me, story is something very, very profound. And there's a whole aspect of it that has to be cleared. Like you can get stuck in old stories that keep you locked down, playing small, feeling bad about yourself. And then you can clear those out and you can then access these much, much higher stories, your own stories of elevation and also things that come to you. Like I do a whole thing now called Blessing from the Trees. And I almost didn't send it out to my community when it started coming to me because I was like, oh, I, I don't know, what are they going to think? But I had to take my own medicine and I had to say, if it moves me, it will move my community. And of course, they love them. So, you know. <laughs> Well, I think that that's what we're we're getting to a point of being much more courageous about showing up as who we really are, because mm -hmm. up until now we were kind of wearing, excuse me, um, we were kind of wearing costumes um, to fit into a corporate environment or our family or whatever, instead of really truly being from our heart we were actually being from here and playing it safe. And when, right. when you start um, saying, okay, um, I had these experiences so I could help someone else navigate those changes in their life. And lots of people um, want to know your story so they don't have to have the pain or the suffering, right? Right, absolutely. Like it becomes more possible like i used to say you know in corporate i used the image like they would say please take your story and hang it at the door before you come in and and that was how it was and they're seeing even in the corporate world they're seeing more and more how it, do, it doesn't work hanging your story by the door and coming in at robotic you know or <clears throat> just feel, you know complying it doesn't work and and sadly our schools I, I think are largely still doing that to our children, which is you come in and you must comply. You must follow the rules, get a good grade on the test, do what you're told. And the, uh, here's the good news about that, which is all that creative, spiritual, imaginative aspect of ourselves, it's not gone. My typical term is it gets covered up with gunk. It basically just gets covered up, blocked, and we can clear that. And we can bring that wisdom, that light, that creative genius back out in the world. It's much late. I have found amazingly that the in-story way signature guided process that I do, which does not take very long to do and seems extraordinarily simple, is because often things that are simple are powerful. They're not mm -hmm. complicated. They're true. When you do this guided process, and I, we can do a demonstration of it if you want, if we have time, but because when you do this, what you access from this higher realm, from the higher realm of your soul, and the just in general, your connection to the higher realms, it's always true. It might take a little interpretation, but it's always true. And when you have access, as you know, because you do this so much, when we have access to this higher level of truth, it changes how we know what to do, what we say, how we feel. It, it's a huge, it, it's a huge resource that was sort of systematically in my soapbox position on it, trained out of us. <laughs> and now we get to have it back. Um, and I think that's what a lot of us are doing. 
Well, I, I love the idea that, um, that what you're doing is you're helping women find their story. And what do you think is the biggest block? Is it that they um, don't know which story to tell? Or is it um, like how, because uh, our lives are kind of broken into different um, years. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like your first 20, your second 20, your third 20, like th there, there's different themes that may be um, part of each epic, epo epoch. Um, do, how do people find which one is the best one to help and uh, support people with? So the first of all, what I say about it is that you're not going to start telling your stories in a deep and meaningful way by trying harder to think about it. It doesn't come from what I call your try harder mind. So there's two things that I think are essential. One is getting into what I call the state of connected flow. You know, close your eyes, you breathe, and you ask content in another way. When I do my guided process, we use ask and trust and ask what is the story that's just right for this moment and you breathe yourself back and you trust the first story that pops into your mind no matter what it is this process of going deep and trusting what you get it allows you to get past your resistance your ego mind all of these things that are like oh it's not going to be good enough and Oh, no one will like it. All that judgment, you have to you have to get past the editor, the ego, the resistance. And you do that by getting into this other state that's connected and by trusting the first thing that pops into your mind when you do this process, because it pops in before the editor can speak. And that's why you have to trust the first thing. Ah. This is the original, pure content that we often don't have access to because our resistance, ego, editor is preventing us from getting to it. So that's first. You have to be able to do have some way of getting it because you can't just try hard to think of something because you're not going to think it's any good. The second thing is you can't do it alone. It just doesn't work. If you sit alone in your living room and you try to figure out what story to tell, you have no way to get past the old negative stories in your head. Yeah. And if you are in a community with other women, you know, I work with women, so with other women, which is where we feel the most safe to speak and speak and speak, you know, often our husbands don't like to talk as much or listen as much. And when you get with other women who resonate with you and you bravely tell a story that came to you and you see they are moved by it, it starts to build your confidence. And as you do this regularly, I'll give you an example. I have a whole year long program where women come to work with me because they feel I have a calling. I know I'm supposed to do something more, but I don't know the shape of it. I don't know. I don't know how to I don't know how to tell my story. I don't know how to shape my gift. I, I just, I, but I know I have it. And I, I've thought about it over and over and over. They're like in the spin cycle. That's what yeah. I call it. <laughs> and so as you do this work and you start to share it, it gets more clear. You get more feedback. You feel more confident. And then I do what I shift, shape, share. Shift out of the old stories. Start to shape your life story, your wisdom, all your in your lived wisdom, your learned wisdom, your intuitive wisdom. You shape it into stories, into offerings, into teachings. 
and then you have to share it with the world. I will talk about it more, but I host this interview series and a while back I went, I'm gonna put my newbie clients on my international interview series. And they said, Deborah, we're still not doing that. So always <laughs> and I have become kind of a genius at helping people find their story, shape their story, tell it, create an offering. Because if we stay in hiding, it doesn't do any good. We have to come out of hiding and dare to be seen for who we really are. First, you have to see who you really are yourself. And then you have to share it with someone who is going to give you back your confidence in yourself, your trust that you really can trust yourself. And then you stretch a little more. Like even when you do a telesummit, it's still a tribe because those people are choosing to sign up. Someone who's not into spirituality and nourishing your soul, they're not going to sign up for a series called Soul Hunger. They're just yeah. not. So by definition, I am putting you in front of a tribe. And that's who wants to hear what you have to say. That's who you can move and heal and help and transform. If you think about going to someone who thinks what you're doing is stupid to try to help them, it won't ever work. It doesn't matter how good you are what you do. They don't, want to know. They don't need to learn what you have to teach. So this is a big shift, is getting the stories not from trying harder and getting in front of your tribe. I think those two things are the most significant. That's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, um, okay, so what, what do you do when I had an interview that they interviewed me for an hour and then they edited it down to 20 minutes? And there were a lot of nasty comments about my interview on YouTube. Um, and I, and at first it was like, oh my, did I, did I mess up? But I really didn't. They, I don't know what that is. How do you deal with that? Um, because I had to just sort of go, okay, well, I'm not for them or, um, or next, <laughs> but, right. but that's I was all you surprised. can do. Look, it's probably because they edited out all your vulnerability. Oh. They probably edited out all your vulnerability where you told your story, you shared your feelings so nobody could relate to you. So they probably just kept in all whatever the most challenging things that you said were without any context. So just ignore that. Some edits out, edits your, something you said down to 20 minutes. They edited out your story. Right. But so I, I, then... That's a fear that most of us have is if we tell our story and we get negative feedback, how to handle it, because we're already afraid to tell our story. And then we. But that's why you start with a tribe. Okay. That's why you have to start in a supportive tribe. You start somewhere so you build up some confidence muscles. You And then, like for you, you've done enough so that you just want, all right, whatever. Because you've done enough to have feedback, you knew what you say matters. You already have plenty of people who love what you do, value it, see that it's worthwhile. So you've already built up your muscle. You just went, whatever. When you're starting, you don't just tell your vulnerable story to just anybody. Uh, Renee Brown is a great teacher of this. She said, be careful who you tell your vulnerable story to in the beginning. When you are truly feeling vulnerable, don't share it with somebody who you don't like and know and trust. Don't do that. You're yes. already professional. You already have a whole company and you've been out there a long time. So that's 
and you have a big, big voice, you get to go, wow, someone disagreed with me. That means I have a point of view. That means I have something to say. That means what I have to say has real value to the people I'm saying it to, and it's just going to weed out the people who are not part of your tribe. So once you're well-known, that is simply part of the territory of standing up for what you believe in. I you know, like I, I, I have, I'm Jewish. I stand with Jewish views and I stand with Israel. I stand with my Jewish values. And if somebody doesn't like that, they don't have to come into my world. Right. They're right. not required to listen to me. And if they, and if they have a completely different opinion, I don't care. Right. I don't need right. them. I don't right. need I you. I think like I had to, I think that um, that's why I asked about it is how you get so you don't care because um, that's <laughs> so so um, most of the time we're we're releasing our old programs that we got from our family um, where um, girls could be seen and not heard mm -hmm. and uh, all all of that um, or you're trained to be the wife of a doctor or lawyer <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, and um, you know, so there's a bunch of that programming that you're still, we're still releasing, but there's a lot of women in the marketplace that had to take on these male attributes to be successful in business that they're just starting to rediscover their feminine side. You know, the divine feminine side has been stifled because they yeah. had to, to succeed, they had to use the other side of their. Well, we're bringing it back. <laughs> Lots of the women I talk to are talking about the divine feminine and being back to powerful as a woman. Like, what are powers of women not to be men? It's to be powerful in our own voices, in our own way, with our own style of vulnerability and caring, healing, and flow, and grace and ease. But we have our own style and our own way. And you're right. We had to. Get, we thought we had to give it up. I'll give you a visual example. It came to me really a long time ago <laughs> when I was just reclaiming my spiritual Judaism. And I was at a Jewish retreat called the Joys of Jewishing. Very hippie, groovy, new agey. It was wonderful. And the men and women were dancing kind of free form around in a circle and the men were all dancing with their arm up with like their fist up like stomping around like that and all the women were dancing by taking their hands down to their womb space their stomach area and lifting that up with open arms up like this uh -huh. I looked at that and I realized that if you put your hands down your stomach and you look down at them and then you stay there that doesn't feel good that's a very repressed place if you just stay there. So women got stuck there and they looked up and they saw oh, the men are going like this, one-handed, fist up, and they did that. That's where our power is. Our power is when you lift up from that inner place and you lift up and you're open. Now I'm open and I'm vulnerable, but I'm also powerful. And this came to my eyes probably like 40 years ago now. It's wow. always stayed with me because we made the mistake of going from this stuck place down here doing this instead of doing this. And this is the divine feminine, this arms open, arms up, receiving, but not fighting, 
but powerful, up, open and powerful and emanating from within and then lifting it up. And we're finding what, what our voices are as women leaders and as divine feminine um, embodied powerful vehicles for what is vulnerable and true and authentic. And the world is depending on us to bring this light and this wisdom forward, I think. Yeah, that's what the Dalai Lama said, the the uh, future uh, success of humanity is dependent on the Western woman. And so what you're doing to help people come into their own knowing and speak their truth is a part of all of that because that information um, really needs to be shared. And a lot of what's happening in, um, in our society is all distractions. They're, you know, the TikTok and the, you know, the, um, you know, 60 second um, uh, entertainment, um, pretty different than what sitting by the campfire telling a story the grandmothers are sharing. And, um, and the child, the grandchild is um, recording this and making a, a real um, memory in their consciousness and, and bonding with the grandmother. That, that's very different than this electronic that, 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 that. So what do you say about um, the electronics, the AI telling your story or people using AI. Um, I like AI for what I do. Um, I do use it. I, I don't use it directly out of the AI. I use it a lot of times to start um, some, some content, but um, what, what do you think about that? Cause it, it's real. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know a ton about it. I've used it for writing, you know, if I have something I want to write and I want it in a different form and then all of it. And I, that's super fun. Like, whoa, look at what it's produced in a second. <laughs> but I haven't played with the whole side that I see where it can make your voice and it can, I, so I don't know enough. The only thing I can say is that we have to always embrace both. You know, we, like when coronavirus, it made us shut down and not see each other in person. It was, we got a lot of benefits about how to reach each other online, but we can't give up seeing each other in person. So we're going to have to hold on to the old, you know, take a walk with your grandchild, sit by the fire, invite a friend out for coffee. We've got to hold on to the stories that we tell in person with each other at the same time as we embrace what's new. It's not going to go away. So either we embrace it or it, over, it will run over us. So it, it, it's both. And it depends where you're sitting in your life. If you are, you know, like in the last 20 to 40 years of your life, whatever that is, and you want to build personal, small connections and relationships, it won't matter so much. But if you really want to put a bigger reach and to have more connections and to really expand, then we want to follow both paths. And I don't think we can give up either one we have to constantly work towards the personal intimate connections that are with real people in the real physical space with other but hey some of the new things are amazing and yeah. why would we want to enjoy them right i just wondered because of the the storytelling you know um you you can actually program the software to use um specific writers 
voice or art. You can actually tell it to make art um, like a specific artist. And um, uh, I personally don't have a problem with it. I still think it's highly creative and and um, exciting to see. I'm not fearful of it, but a lot of people are very afraid that our creativity will be squashed and that, um, that we're losing something. And I, I think what you're doing is bringing us back to what, what we can do. I think the schools already work really well as our creativity. We don't need any help with that. The schools are designed to squash our creativity. That, that's their goal, to create obedient workers, you know, obedient factory workers or whatever. So we've already have a system that's training us into obedience and out of genius creativity. That, that's a well-established system already. So AI can be used for the in or out of that. It, it, it entirely depends on the user. Um, you know, if you're going to do the work to reclaim your creativity, doesn't matter what the tools are. Either you're going to reclaim it or you're not. And the tools are, um, are there for you to use creatively. But if you sit in an environment that consistently reprimands you for being creative, then you're, you don't have a way. You know, if you're in a job that says you have to produce this and any mistake you make, you're punished for You've seen some talks of companies that have started praising people for failing because they're much more creative that way. But school, traditional school, is not like that. Right. And so it, it depends first on are you willing to do work with somebody somewhere to get out of the old story of compliance and obedience and until you do that it does not matter what the tools are they will all scare you and repress you sadly yeah yeah well okay so so you have a new event coming up and um you you called it the end story show but it's also soul hunger how to nourish your soul so i wanted to show um let me show your uh website real quick so you could talk a little bit about that um about all the cool people you've you've uh interviewed for this wonderful series including you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm lucky i'm lucky that i got to be in this thank you well it it's been very very moving to me the interviews that i have done for this and I have over 30 women who are going to be speaking on this show in different capacities and every single one of them is doing something elevated uplifting inspiring and creative like I it's almost bringing me tears just to hear the innovative innovative creative spiritually elevated work that these women are doing it, it is the antidote to all the negative, horrible things we're seeing in the world. We are doing this. And the way that it works is when you sign up, it's, a, it's an international, it's a free international interview series. And when you sign up, you'll be able to hear all of the interviews, all of the conversations, join in live, participate in a Facebook group, and see that you're not alone. It, this is so important that you are not alone in your vision and your creative goals into this hope that we can bring more light in the out into the world 
um, one, every year my industry show has a different theme. And this year, my husband and I were speaking, and we're like, there is like a hunger in the world for our souls to be nourished. So a lot of the conversations are, how do you nourish your soul? What is soul nourishing? And, and then when you do nourish your soul, then you become able to tell your story and shine your light. And that is my goal, is to help women, especially women who have had a lot of experiences in the world and have studied so much, but have spent their most of their lives at this point launching everybody else out into the world. And now it's our turn to launch our light and our wisdom and our vision out in the world. I, I really want you to come in and Feel that you can reclaim your vision, your voice, and your value. I, honestly, the world needs us to do this. We have to come out of hiding and dare to be seen for who we really are, and we have to share the light that's been given to us. And if you have this calling on you, it won't let go of you. <laughs> and <Right>. so <laughs> on this show, you're going to find people who you resonate with. You'll be able to follow up with them, to connect with them more. It's so important to find out how to be part of a tribe, a community that you resonate with so that you have the support. This is the two things. You'll be able to tell your story if you do the deep work and if you have a, com a safe community to share it with, to start. So that's my invitation for you all is to come join us um, for the in-story show on Soul Hunger. That's perfect. And it's uh, the website is instoryshow.com. Yep. And we're going to make sure that, that people know to go there because um, what you're going to find is that you're the variety of people at all different ages. Um, there, there's really something for everybody in, in the conversation. And whether you uh, want to go deep in the spiritual side or you want to stay more in the business side, there's something there for you. So I, I want to make sure people know. And and it was fun. It's really fun. <laughs> it, that is, this is a big difference, I think, that women are bringing is that this is joy is a very important value that we are embracing. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be suffering. It can be joyous. So it's going to begin November 6th, just to say that. And we're going to go for, we'll have two weeks of all kinds of things for everybody to participate in and it's practical it's deep it's spiritual you know but in my world first you gotta include the deep like we've already done the outer put them together so like i said if you don't want to go deep don't call me on do deep and a little wacky which means <laughs> creative and spiritual can't be too serious as you said it's fun it yeah be deep a little wacky in my humble opinion <laughs> well yeah joy is really the energy that we're we need to remember um, because, uh, you know, people say, oh, the world's going to hell in a, a hand by a basket. And but if you look at the history of mankind, we've we've had pretty violent history in the past. And actually now, believe it or not, even though we know about every problem that's in the world at a at a um, drop of a dime now because of technology, but really we're, we are doing better. We are um, being more loving. We are helping each other more and more. And um, it's only going to get better if more of us um, really focus on that and really yeah. shine their light. And what you're doing really helps people see um, that 
all of the different ways that light can be shared, there isn't one way. It's it's all different, right? Yes, 100%. Uh, that's why we say the in-story way, which is my company, is finally doing it your way. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and, and I have to say, I have a daughter and I've got granddaughters and I, I really am looking forward to this um, opportunity for them to see a different way of being rather than the corporate um, persona that you have to be follow the rules um, and all of that and get back to not a being a rebel necessarily, but being creative. Um, because that's what with the the mentality that we have that created this world may not serve us to create the next world. So we gotta come up with some of our creative juice. I agree. And we can access their, this higher realm of the soul, higher guidance. This is what we have been systematically prevented from knowing that is accessible to us. And when you get more used to accessing and trusting that, wow, we yeah. are going to be really having something very light and elevated and extraordinary forward. Right. Well, that we're creating our reality and we forgot that we are doing that. So we might as well have some fun and create the reality we want rather than <laughs> get to the victimization. Um, because seriously, that's the, the model is um, you said something about the, um, the persona that people have where they tell their story and they become their story. But it, at a certain point, you can um, you can heal that story, share that story, and help others heal that story. That's right, 100%. That it, it's so significant and powerful to do that. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, so um, what was your favorite? I, I this is probably putting you on the spot. Do you have a favorite interview that you've had so far, or you've been doing these events, online events? Have, have you had a specific aha moment or anything like that? You know, just yesterday, the um, interview I the interview that I did um, with um, Blair Kaplan Venables, she is a uh, uh, social media marketing person but she had so much loss in her life that she started creating stories of resilience so many people wonder that she ended up creating something called the global resilience project and she actually turned it into a book and she's making a second one and this concept of resilience is something that's very powerful to me i call it get up <laughs> how do you go over and over again and uh, I, that, she was just yesterday, so she's in the front of my mind, but it was also very striking to me because it's stories. And people started telling her their stories of resilience as she told her story of how she was resilient with so many people in her family having passed away in a short amount of time. And just her own struggles that she went through and it, it turned into, it, it, she didn't ever plan for it to be something, but it turned into something. Um, so that was that was my most recent interview that I that really struck me as 
a model of the significance of trusting what comes to you and saying yes to it and allowing it to lead you. So she still does her, she still has, she's an entrepreneur, she still has her other work that she does, but this is leading her now. Oh, and for beautiful. a lot of women, you have, you'll have a feeling that something is pulling you forward and the trick is to get enough support to stay used to that. Perfect. Yeah, I think it's beautiful that when people get the fire in their belly that, you know, I got to do it. They got the memo from the divine and some people take the memo and stuff it and other people act on it. So what what yeah. you're saying is that um, making making uh, lemons into lemonade and uh, actually helping and, and be aware that your soul picked all of this to push you into this next level of divine service. And everyone that's on that, at that event is in divine service. It's quite a remarkable group of people. Yeah. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's such an honor. I mean, that's how I feel moved and honored to hear people's stories and telling them out in the world. Yes, yes. So, so Deborah, we're we're gonna need to wrap up. Is there anything that you'd like to share, and uh, uh, as a parting um, tidbit or inspiration, since you are so inspiring, is there anything you'd like to share? Thank you for asking. I always ask people this, and I think one of the most important things is to begin to develop an ability to trust yourself and your higher guidance and your creativity and you really if you're here listening to this that you are being called by your soul that you really do have something of value to share and to to really listen to where your next best step is but just the next best step whatever that is to say a yes to that and then see what happens Oh, take the time to go in and feel what that is. Wonderful, wonderful. Yes, you, you've you gathered a lot of yes people at um, <laughs> the instoryshow.com that is starting in November, the beginning of November. And I hope that people will uh, enjoy the, the inspiration and the uh, worldview that um, the, the can-do worldview, basically. It's um, uh, the get out of your own way and, <laughs> and share, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so again, it's instoryshow.com and I have it in the comments. And thank you so much, Deborah. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how many people we inspire with this wonderful event. Thank you. Me too. Really is a true thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you. Bless you for doing this. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs>